Welcome to the Nurse Leader Network Podcast with your host, Chris Racinos. Wherever you're going on your nurse leader journey, we're here to help you get there. Welcome, everybody, to the Nurse Leader Network Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Racinos. And today we're going to be talking to an amazing nurse influencer on Instagram. So without any further ado, I'd love to welcome Dr. Nicole Thomas. Welcome to the show, Dr. Thomas. Hey, how are you? I'm so happy to be here. All right. So talk to me about nurse influencing. I would love to hear your story. First, how'd you get into nursing? Mm -hmm. How'd you end up so that you have you know, all of these followers on Instagram that you are just spilling knowledge into? Yeah. So just a little bit about my journey. I became a nurse, not because of the typical story that people give, which I totally respect of. I wanted to help people. Of course, that was a little bit of it. But honestly, I became a nurse because I needed a field that could give me a couple of things. Number one, that can give me stability. Number two, something that would allow me to be able to grow and expand. And number three, I needed something to get me out of the hood, right? I'm just being very honest. I, I didn't grow up in, you know, the best areas. My parents did the absolute best that they could, but I needed something that can give me more. And I felt that becoming a nurse can give me those things, right? Um, it can give me stability. It can help me to get out of the hood. And it can also help me to be able to, con- to continue to build and grow. Because I, at a very young age, here's the thing about me. At a very young age, I always understood the power of relationships. And I always understood the power of leveraging relationships. For example, when I was in high school, I knew that I needed to hang with the kids that knew everything that was going on with math because math wasn't my strong point, right? (laughs) So I knew that I needed to build a network of individuals. I was dope at science, like science is my thing. So I knew that if I had the science, they had the math, we could network this thing out and build a relationship. We could help each other. So I always understood that, right? And so that's really and truly another reason that I wanted to go into nursing because I knew the opportunities that was there and how I could leverage that because I went to a high school that had a medical magnet program and it was a way to expose, you know, students that really and truly were not probably the best situations to other career, you know, experiences. And so in that medical magnet program, we would go to different hospitals, kind of do the whole candy striping thing, you know, all of that good, cute stuff. And I was you think like, you're so hmm. awesome. Like, I, I remember like candy striping and it's just like, uh, you're, you're like, you feel like you just stepped into your doctor's shoes. Yeah. Yeah. So I remember going there and being like, hmm, okay, nurses, I see y'all running around calling the shots, you know, and I was always that person that would talk to people, like, tell me about, you know, being a nurse. And they would just tell me all these amazing things. And then one of the things that one of them told me, oh, the opportunities we have here. Oh, my God. Like, I've done blah, blah, blah. I'm like, okay, I see you. This is what I'm going to do. So that's really and truly how I became a nurse. And so I started my nursing career, like most nurses, at a med-surg, on a med-surg floor at our local charity hospital here where I live. It was the absolute best experience ever. I got to see so many different facets of of healthcare, just our vulnerable populations, just so much. And so I worked on a med surgery unit for about two years. After that, I realized that it was not the place for me specifically because those 12-hour shifts were killer, okay? I had a small baby at the time and working 12-hour shifts, it just did not work on me. And so I found a job as a home health nurse. That was the best thing ever. So I thought, (laughs) I'm just 
but it allowed me the freedom and the flexibility to be able to still, you know, do nursing and be a mom, right? And not try to have to find somebody to keep my baby on the weekend, working nights, coming home to my baby pretty much up watching herself because I'm trying to get some sleep because I got to go back to a shift tonight, right? So I did home health for about, mm, I would say four or five years. And so throughout that time, um, I decided to move on because I've never, ever, ever, ever been afraid to move on in my nursing career. (laughs) I did the complete opposite of probably what your parents teach you. Uh, You go to a job, you stay there for 30, 40, 50 years, (laughs) get a good retirement and leave, right? I have never been that chick that's afraid to say, you know what, it's time for me to go, right? I've outgrown this. And so I entered into the world of managed care in 2008. Chris, this is when I learned that healthcare is a business. Yeah. This was the pivotal Mm -hmm. moment that made me say, okay. Now I get it. Now I see what's going on behind the scenes. Now I see why when I had that patient in the hospital, y'all were rushing me to get them out. Now I see, you know, all of these different things that just did not make sense in my other role as a nurse. And so I started doing managed care. And in 2011, the state that I live in, they needed to privatize our Medicaid system. Pretty much the state was going broke. They were saying, we can't afford this anymore. We need companies to come in to help us to be able to manage our care. Not only can we not afford it, but the quality that we're giving is not there. Yeah. We need to give them quality health care. And so I helped to start lead the state into that transition by working with a Fortune 7 managed care organization to do that. Chris, this is when my career started to explode. Okay. And so in that, I became the youngest nurse exec for a Fortune 7 managed care organization in which I ran the entire state of Louisiana where I was with helping with that whole process. And so it was during that process, Chris. You know, even with me serving as the the nurse exec, so to speak, I had the managers who would report under me and then the supervisors, team leads, and then everybody else, right? So I was the highest at the state in, in my area. But I've always been that person that needed to get down to the heart of the people, meaning that I needed to still connect with the staff. I did not want to be that nurse exec that sat up here and didn't know what was going on in, in the business, Right. So I would always make sure that I still connected with them because remember now in high school, I was always that chick with <laughs> relationships, okay? I needed to know who was on the team. I wasn't really hiring them because I hired the managers. The managers hired their own staff, right? They gave me the recommendation, hey, you like them, let's hire them. So I needed to know who was in the room, right? Because I still want to know always, any room I go in, Chris, I'm always asking, who are you? What do you do? Because I don't know what I'm going to need you for, right? Or what you can use me for or a reciprocal relationship. And so I started to really build relationships with the staff. And throughout those conversations, one key thing would always come up. They would always ask me, how did you do it? Like, how did you become this nurse exec at such such a young age in this male-dominated field? Because it was probably only three of us that were females, And, you know, just all these questions about my career and blah, blah, blah. And so in that, I would just start giving them game. Like, okay, I did this. I hopped from that job to that job. Didn't like this. I went over here. When I got over here, I networked and did this. You know, just telling them all the things that I did. And throughout that process, Chris, I started to realize that nurses did not know their value. We did not know our value. 
And so I would be coaching them, so to speak, right? Really and truly finding out what it was that they wanted to do as a nurse. And then I would literally help them to start doing those things. So if you told me that I want to start preparing to, you know, hold meetings or whatever it is, I would start letting them host meetings. Okay, we're going to put together this meeting. I'm going to let you host it or whatever the situation may be, even with the managers that reported up to me, even if that meant something that they wanted to do that was not within the company. I was never that nurse exec that only wanted to build people to stay within the company because yeah. your talents may be served better somewhere else and that's okay, but let me help you get there. And so it was during that time, Chris, that I really started to come into helping nurses on a different level by really not only empowering them. Empowerment is cool to me. Inspiration is cool to me, but I'm all about work. I started actually giving them the intentional steps and putting them in position so that they could really and truly start to do the things that they wanted to do because they were they were some amazing nurses and they needed to know that you can go do these things. So that's what really catapulted me building this brand of Nicole Thomas Inc. And Nicole Thomas Inc. being a brand that helps nurses to build meaningful and sustainable nursing careers while increasing their asset value, aka get your money because you deserve to get paid what you work. <laughs> Right. <laughs> right. I know we nurses. I know we're here to save lives. And I believe that we should have a heart for it. You have to have a heart for it. I be- agree with all of that. One hundred and fifty percent. But pay me my money. Pay me what you owe me. Right. And so that then catapulted into the nurse power network. And so it's just been a continual. I, I look over my career, Chris, even going back to when I thought that I was leaving the hospital because of my daughter to go to home health which was very accurate, but I just look back over my career and where I am now, every single step, even when I didn't know it was an intentional step to get me where I am now in my career. Everything from the home health, all of it, the managed care, because what I do now in community health is so big and so instrumental. I'm like, okay, I get it now. So that's why I always tell nurses, it's a journey. It's, it's a journey. The good, the bad, the ugly, all of it is a journey. And I promise you, if you stay on your journey, your authentic journey, not what looks good to everybody else, it, it's going to come. So that's a little bit about my career and how I went from A to where I am now and still evolving. All right. So, you know, I'm going to dig, right? Yeah, um, girl. All right. So I tell me about, okay. So first of all, for those that don't understand what a Fortune 7 uh, managed care organization is. Talk to us about what that is so people understand what that is. Okay. So when we talk about, you know, people probably hear about the Fortune 500 companies, and these are the top 500 companies um, in the world that produce the largest revenue, right? So they're numbered number one through 500. Number one, of course, is going to be the top. And then 500 is going to be the top at that 500 spectrum. So they're going to be last on that 500 spectrum, but your Fortune 500 companies are still your top 500 companies in the world. The managed care organization that I work for, and within that spectrum from one to 500, they rank number seven. What that means is that financially, resource-wise, their capacity, their bandwidth, they will rank the the seventh pretty much richest company in, I can't just say the United States because they were all over, right? They had offices in, in India. They had offices in Africa, like every single where, right? Um, So that's what it means when we say Fortune 7, where they kind of sit on that spectrum. And that company also 
they had so many different lines of businesses formed through that company. They had their own pharmacy aspect. They had their managed care aspect. They had their own private network of physicians. They had their own clinics. Like that's what made them a Fortune 7 company because they had so many different lines of businesses running through that one organization. Okay. And then walk me through, okay, what were you doing like immediately before leading that? And then how did you like, did somebody tap you on the shoulder and they're just like, hey, Nicole, you're awesome. Like, we need you on this team. Walk me through, like, I want to pretend like I was there with you as you're transitioning from what you were doing prior to, you know, now leading as this nurse executive. Yeah. So I remember it vividly. My dad had just been, uh, we had been having some problems, you know, with him and memory and things. And so I kind of knew that I think it's early dementia. So I remember telling my mom, I think he has dementia. We need to go ahead and take him to neurology. So Chris, I vividly remember sitting in the neurology office, waiting on the neurologist to call us back and me on my phone, um, just going through a job board. And there was this job that came across there said new, new business or something coming to state of Louisiana. We're looking for nurses, something like that. So I'm like, hmm, let me see what this is. So I looked it up and they were like, you know, we're hiring, mass hiring for nurses, um, new business coming here, need case managers. And so I applied. I had kind of done case management before in the home health sector because it's, you know, kind of a lot of case management is what home health nurses mm-hmm. do. So I applied for the job. And so I applied. I remember getting hired in November of 2011. And I started literally that Monday after Thanksgiving in 2011. And oh, wow. I hired on as a case manager. And so as that case manager, when I started there, Chris, it was literally me, two other case managers, and a health services director. We didn't have a medical director at the time. We didn't have a health plan CEO. We didn't, it was just us, like us. And we're sitting in this office in New Orleans, like, okay, twirling our thumbs, what do we do? Because this was a brand new product, so to speak, coming to Louisiana. And so, you know, as things unfolded, I kept working as a case manager, you know, actually everything kicked off. We started getting patients, you know, meaning that they would switch and choose our particular product to administer that Medicaid benefits. And so I worked as a case manager for about two years. And so my manager at the time was based in Arizona and I was here in Louisiana. So I was kind of her eyes and ears. And so every time she wanted to know, well, why are we having so many patients, you know, going impatient over the weekend? We had 500 patients that went to the ER for a runny nose. What's going on? And I'll be like, hmm, I don't know. Let me find out. I got some people over here at such and such hospital. Let me call them and find out what's going on. <laughs> Remember, I'm that chick that always believed in relationships. Okay. So I would do things like that. And so it got to the point where every time they wanted to know what was going on from a roots, grassroots perspective on the ground, they would always call me. And I would say, I don't know, but let me find out. And I would come back and tell them the information. But whenever I would go back and tell them the information, I would always go back with a possible solution because I've always been deeply rooted in the community. Right. And I'm not talking about the glitz and glam, the community. I was always that person that wanted to go to the, the, the roots of the hood of the community and talk to the people on the front porch to find out what's going on. Right. And so I would always go back with the solution. And so throughout that time, she was like, wow. So as the product, so to speak, started to continue to grow here in Louisiana, they needed more managers and they had to get a manager here on the ground. 
So I remember my manager at the time, she came to me and she said, um, hey, I'm letting you know that we're getting ready to do some growth in Louisiana. And I think that you will be great. I, I really think that you should apply. Okay. I had never done management a day in my life. So I'm like, okay. So I remember, Chris, I applied for it. And when I applied for it and interviewed for it, I'm like, oh, I'm going to get it because, you know, they asked me and, you know, all of these things. And I remember that I did not get that role. I did not give it. They gave it to someone else, right? I was devastated, Chris. I was devastated, okay? At this time, I'm not thinking with emotional intelligence. I knew nothing about emotional intelligence at that time. I was thinking with straight up feelings, okay? I was mad. I was so mad to where I resigned from the company. Okay? Wow. I resigned from the company. And so I went to work somewhere else. And I remember being maybe two months in and the manager called me, my previous manager, because she kind of had a feeling that that's why I left. So she said, I'm just calling to check in on you. How's everything going? I told her, oh, it's going fine. I'm really not really liking it. It's like, okay, but I'm telling her it's fine. And so she said, hey, I just want to let you know, um, you know, I, I really would love to have you back on our team. You know, whenever you're ready, I would love to have you back. So I stopped playing hard, got over my feelings, and I went back. <laughs> And they opened me back with open arms. They even brought me back in at a higher salary and all of these different things. But I was still a case manager. So here comes another opportunity for a manager. So they reach out to me once again. My manager does. And she said, hey, we have another opening coming up for a manager. I think you should apply. She at the time was not hiring the managers. It was someone else that was doing the hiring. Okay. So this time I applied. And when I applied, I got the job. And so that meant now I started to report to someone else. When I started to report to someone else at, in that management role, she, my then manager became my colleague. So she became very, very instrumental in just my whole mentoring process, right, of how to navigate the system, how to leverage the opportunities that were there. Because this was a company, a Fortune 7 company. When I say they invested in their, in their leaders, they invested tens of thousands of dollars to make you a phenomenal leader, not a manager. They believed in true leadership. And so I started doing that and just the ideas and things that I would do and the way that I would manage, it caught the eye of the regional director. And so I remember, remember I told you, I took my dad to the hospital, I mean, to the doctor. And so while I was a manager, I remember her calling um, or me calling her, my regional director, saying, hey, I'm going to have to go out on leave. My dad's getting worse. You know, at this time, we were putting him in a nursing home. And it was just a lot. I said, I need to go out on, on, on you know, FEMILA so that I can tend to my family right now. And so she let me go out on FEMILA. Um, I came back. And when I came back, she said, now is the time for you to grow. Now is the time for you to go higher. I'm not going to hold you back anymore because I feel like you're ready. Right. Wow. And so that's when the director position, she said, this position is coming up. I want you to think about it. I think you should do it because you are ready. And so I thought about it. I said no the first couple of times. I said no. So I started having colleagues call me from the state of Mississippi um, that actually worked there that I had you know, been doing work with Mississippi. I had a friend in Tennessee. I had another one in Florida, right? Because um, we all worked for this company. And they were like, why don't you want to do it? So long story short, I ended up going ahead and applying for the position. The reality and reason that I did not want to apply for it because I did not feel worthy. I did not feel, I felt like that was outside of my scope. And so 
I applied and I got the job. And so I remember vividly, Chris, after that, after me getting that job, the regional director calling me and saying, I've been hearing about you since you started here. I know that you left the company. I know that you came back. I need you to know that I knew because of the work that you were doing there where you needed to go. The path that they were trying to take you on initially was not the right path for you, which is why I intentionally blocked that first manager role. You weren't ready at that time because I knew the route that you needed to take. You needed more of the journey. Interesting. And it was in that moment that I realized it's a journey. And so that's how I became the youngest nurse exec there. And when I say my regional director to this day, I credit her with my success because that lady gave so much of herself to me in mentoring me online and offline. When I say online and offline, that means in the workspace and even outside just with navigating work-life balance, how important that is, navigating family, navigating being a woman of color, you know, in that role, just so many different things that she did for me. And so that that was my journey to that. It was a very, very rewarding one. And I, I love every minute of it. I love it. There's so many nuggets that you just touched on. I mean, I love that you, you know, used networking as a way to really um, begin to broaden your career. I love that you talked about bringing solutions. How did you come up with the solutions? Like when you were back in that case management role. So if we have folks that are listening and they're like, I want to become a leader, I'm not yet. How did you start beginning to uncover solutions? So I took it back to who I am at the core, right? I grew up, Chris, not, I mean, my parents did the best they could, but I mean, they work mediocre jobs, you know, live paycheck to paycheck, to be honest. So I've always had to come up with solutions. I had to come up with solutions on how I was going to pay for my extra things I wanted. You know, I had to come up with solutions on if we got red beans over here, but we don't have no rice and cornbread over here. What solution am I going to come up with to make a complete meal? So I've always had to be resourceful. So literally, honestly, I just resorted back to, to what I know, to who I am. And that's what I always tell people in building and building your career as a nurse and in any profession, honestly. And for anyone that wants to go into leadership, resort back to who you are, like literally go back to the core of who you are, because your entire life, your entire life, even before you became a nurse, has been a journey leading to where you are right now. And everything that you need has been given to you on that journey. If you're willing to tap out and tap in, what I mean by that is get outside of you, get outside of your head and let your heart lead you to what those things are. You already have it. And so that's how I knew how to go back with solutions, right? I was in a community. A lot of what we did was community-based work. And so I was from the community. I knew what I knew what the community wanted. I knew why they weren't going to their doctor's appointments. I knew why the men, you know, sitting on the front porch in a suit that didn't work, that did other things throughout the day. I knew why they weren't going, you know, to their doctor's appointments. It's because they didn't trust the providers that were there. They didn't have African-American providers that looked like them within the network. Okay, so the reason that they go into the ER is because they know Dr. So-and-so, who's not in our network yet, he works at the ER on Saturday. So that's why they're going there. So y'all need to find a way to get him in network. Oh, I love it. So many juicy pieces. Okay. And you also touched on a bunch of other really great points. And and it's something that I see you carry through with the Nurse Power Network um, mentoring. So talk to me about, you know, there are, I think part of the reason our profession isn't where we all dream of it being, which is nurses leading, you know, everything 
is because of our lack of mentoring. A lot of times I think we get so caught up in our own personal journey of growth that we forget we need to turn around and give back and bring up that next leader because we're not going to be here forever, right? That's right. You know, I tell people that you can see how effective you're being as a leader if you're able to go take a month vacation and everything runs status quo. If your people don't need to be calling you and then you know you have a well-oiled machine and that there's trust in your organization there, they feel trusted and empowered to make decisions and they don't need to call you. So you talked a lot about several different mentors on your journey. Talk Mm. to me about what you feel are some great um, attributes and some necessary things that mentors do to help facilitate bringing other folks along on their journeys. Yeah. So first and foremost, their entire heart has to be in it, right? They have to be willing to give all of themselves because mentors are not only there to mentor you through the professional aspect, your mentor is going to mentor the personal aspect of your life, right? So when the kids over here cutting up, acting up, your mentor can tell you how to <laughs> navigate that, right? When you have an well, issue, I need one of those mentors, right? When you have issues, you know, going on in your relationships, financial, how do I navigate this? A mentor is someone that not only worries about the professional aspect of you, but the personal aspect. So they have to be willing to be very, very invested in you. A mentor has to see something in you. This is what I've learned. And what I've also learned is that we go and tell people, hey, will you be my mentor? They may not have some saw something in you. They have to see something in you. I really believe that mentors seek out who they want to mentor because you may not be the person that's, that's there for me to mentor, right? I may not believe in what you're doing. We may not have the same values and goals that align up. You just look, it just looks like on Instagram or on Facebook or wherever that I'm doing all these amazing things, which I may be, but I still may not be the mentor for you, right? So I think that having a mentor that is invested in you, one that really and truly wants to mentor you are key. The alignment of those core values have to also be there, right? You have to be on the same page with your mentor. Another great quality that you have to have in a mentor is one that's not afraid to check you. You're wrong. You are wrong. Yeah. Okay. But they're not going to do it in a sense where they're going to tip your crown, right? They're going to do it in a sense of they're going to pull your little coattail and say, come in here, let me talk to you. When my when I did something wrong, my mentor would always hit me up on the text and say, call me. I already knew what time it was. <laughs> You're like, call me. Those two words, call me. I knew what time it was, right? But I also knew that when she was checking me, it was from a place of love. It wasn't a place of, let me point out what you did wrong. It was a point, a place of, tell me how do you think they went? Tell me what do you think you could have did better? Let me tell you what I saw. Let me tell you the opportunities that I saw, right? So you, you have to have a mentor that's not afraid to check you, right? Not one that's just going to always say, oh, yeah, I think that's great. I think you should go and do it. No, it's not a good idea. No, you shouldn't do this. I'm telling you how this is going to work out, right? I think the final thing in a good mentor, um, and this is in the mentor and the mentee, you have to make sure that it's a reciprocal relationship. I cannot expect my mentor just to pour into me. I can pour into my mentor, I can pour into my mentor by calling them and saying, how are you doing? What's going on with you? I've noticed a change in you. How can I serve you? Uh, I love it. You're giving me goosebumps. <laughs> <laughs> so that's something else that's very important. You know, when we talk about a mentor that you have to, you have to have that there. Um, if not, then, you know, it's just not, it's not going to be a good thing. Yeah. 
I'm a firm believer that everybody needs a mentor. Um, so I think a lot of people think that it's just maybe if I have a certain goal that I'm trying to meet that I need to go and get a mentor, but I really believe that everybody, everybody needs one. And Mm -hmm. some of the best advice that I've been given in terms of having a mentor is we all always try to kind of have that mentor. That's like the ultimate goal of what we want to become. Right. So, Mm -hmm. you know, if you're, if you're want to become a nurse exec, like go find a nurse exec mentor, or if you want, you know, ABCD things, same thing in business, um, in business, you know, if you want, I've heard people say, you know, I want to be like, and it's somebody who's like, you know, making millions and, you know, doing all of these wonderful things when in fact it actually serves you better to have a mentor that is only about a year to two years ahead of where you are. Um, And so there's a variety of reasons for that. But the number one reason is that it's relevant. They've been in that journey that you're in like Mm -hmm. today, not 10, 15, 20 years ago. So the information and the way they mentor you is going to be relevant. What are some suggestions you have around finding a mentor. So, you know, I'm here right now sitting, I'm listening and I, and now see the value in a mentor. I know I need one. How do we begin to find our mentor? So it's twofold because I do believe that a mentor should essentially find their mentee. But here's what I mean by that. I mean, it's, it's those relationships that you already have. And it's those people who are already around you. Let me back up. Before you can even do that, Chris, you have to make sure that you are in a network of people that are smarter than you, that know more than you, okay, that have more value than you, which means you got to let your ego go, okay? Here's why that's important, because if your mentor is going to be seeking you, so to speak, they have to see something in you that you don't see in yourself And they can recognize that because they were once there and they've been able to move past that. And so your mentors are always, always around you, but we just have to tap into who that person is, which is why who you have around you in your circle is so important, right? So when you talk about seeking a mentor, you have to really and truly look at not only who this person is, their status, their title, their accolades, all of these other different things, you have to look at what value can they truly bring to my life? What mistakes am I making right now in my life that this person can help me get through that I'm willing to be vulnerable with, that I'm willing to be corrected by, that I'm willing to share my flaws by, that I'm willing to put my ego to the side. And so once you do those things, that mentor is going to come. And most of the time for me, it's always been someone in my circle who would say, I see something in you. Or, Nicole, did you know you could do this? I'm like, no, I didn't. Yeah, I see because I see X, Y, and Z. So those are some of the key things I think, you know, when we talk about finding a mentor that are very important. Yeah. And I would add to that. And then once you find your mentor, go find somebody you can mentor. Um, yes. Let's make that circle complete. Uh, it's not just about us. Right. It's about because there's people that are looking up at you right now, like, oh, my God, if I could only be like so and so I I, uh, teach now. And so I see my nursing students. Right. And I remember Mm -hmm. when I was in nursing school, there was a nurse. I'll never forget her. She had been a nurse, I think, for eight years. And, you know, I was like we were working in the OR together and I was just like, oh, my God, like she's so smart and she's so cool. And like, how could I ever be anything like her? And now that, you know, I have almost going on 20 years soon. 
um, of nursing experience. I'm like, oh my gosh, like at eight years, we're still kind of baby nurses. <laughs> <laughs> right. But you're right. You're, you're, you're so very right. Once you get a mentor, go find somebody that you can mentor. You're absolutely right. I love it. All right. So bring me a bit to present time. What are you working on now? Oh my God, my life, my <laughs> life, my life, my life, my life. It's been a, been a beautiful journey. You know, Chris, these last, since 2018, so what's this, 19, 20, these last three years of my life have been pivotal. I've had an instrumental amount of growth personally, professionally, um, but that didn't come until I hit my version of rock bottom in 2018. That really and truly put me in a place where I did a lot of reflecting, but I knew that the bottom was not where I wanted to be ever again. And so I started putting in a lot of work. And so I'm seeing right now the the fruits of that labor sprouting up daily. And so right now for me, what I have going on is number one, I am still doing my Nicole Thomas Inc. in which I'm helping a lot of nurses, continue to help nurses. That's becoming a little bit draining. So what I've been doing through that is doing more of my digital products that I can put out for nurses where it doesn't require so much of me because it's only one me. Um, So I'm still doing that. I am also still right now doing the Nurse Power Network, which I am super excited about. We are known for our signature events um, that are phenomenal, not just for you to come and have a nice Instagrammable moment, but you literally leave there with real value and steps and action um, that you can take based off of the events that we curate. So we are definitely bringing, working on literally right now, bringing that back for 2022, Mm -hmm. all of us off. Um, So we're literally working on bringing that back right now. I am also continuing to do my community health work. And so in my community health work, what I do is really and truly to be able to help different entities in the state of Louisiana to be able to build quality-based value care and deliver that care. And so I've been so blessed and so fortunate through those relationships that I built when I served as the nurse exec that, you know, I still get calls from, you know, presidents of and and CEOs of different hospital institutions asking for advice, um, you know, all of these different things. And so I'm still doing that very, very blessed to be able to do that on that scale. And then also teaching, right? Um, I'm still teaching, still teaching my nursing students. I absolutely positively love Teaching, it's what I do. I was that girl in school that the teacher would call home and say, Miss Helen, Nicole is a great student, but could you please let her know that I'm a student, <laughs> that she's a student, and I'm a teacher? Because listen, Chris, I would try to get up and teach that class, okay? Especially if somebody didn't know something. Uh, but I really and truly love it. And it goes back to, I'll never forget, Chris, one of my mentors when I very, very, very first started as a nurse. And she told me, she said, I'm going to teach you everything that I know. She said, but I need you to make me one promise. And I'm like, what's this promise? She was an older lady. I hope, I don't even know if she's still living. I hope she is. But she said, never forget for whence once coming. And I'm like, what is this lady talking about? I'm a brand new nurse, 21 years old. I'm like, what is this lady talking about? And she said it again. She said, never forget for whence once coming. What she was telling me was, I'm going to teach you every single thing that I know. I need you don't to not forget that you were once a nurse that didn't know anything and pay that forward to nurses that are coming behind you. And so I carry that with me and my nursing students. Um, I absolutely love my students. Sometimes I'll be mama bear on them and come out on them and say, <laughs> let's get it together. But I do it out of love. And they know that Dr. Thomas always does it out of love because I really, really want to see them win and succeed and do this. But I also know the challenges. 
So um, that's what I'm doing right now. It's been an amazing journey. It's been very, very good. 2020, even though it was a very detrimental year for all of the obvious reasons, thanks COVID, 2020, really, I needed that. I needed that to help catapult me to where I am now. All right. And what's in the future for you? Where are you going? Oh, the future. So I am doing some things now, I'm really and truly working on building my generational wealth. And so I just started a new journey alongside my husband in real estate investing oh. um, that has become pretty much taken over our lives. Um, so us getting properties, developing properties, putting, building communities. My, my goal is to ultimately be able to build a housing community for low-income families. And so I'm working toward that goal. And so that's the future for me. Continue to do that, build up equitable, quality-based solution healthcare and continue to develop future nurses. That's that's what's in the future for me. I love it. I can't wait. I am so glad that, um, you know, I, I got to know you and bring you on the show. You've just shared so much. And I, I know my listeners have just gained so much from everything that you've shared today. If they'd like to find out more about you or uh, the work that you're doing, where can they find you? Yeah, so you can go to my website. It's www.nicolethomasinc.com. Again, that's www.nicolethomasinc.com. And you can also find me across all social media platforms at Nicole Thomas Inc. Um, again, that's Nicole Thomas Inc. I do reply. I do have a, a assistant that helps me with a lot of things, but I actually reply because I like to keep it very personable. Um, so yeah, hit me up there and just give me a little time sometime. Um, but I promise you, I do reply in there too. You can also set up to email me. My email address and everything is there. And I respond to emails too. Give me 72 hours, but I will respond to email. <laughs> I love it. Typically on a weekend. Very good. Awesome. Well, it has been great having you on the show. I appreciate it so much. Can't wait to see all of the amazing work that you're doing. Yeah. Thank you so much. This has been an absolute pleasure. I really and truly enjoyed it. Thank you so much, Chris. Thanks.